please enjoy part two of our chat with Neil. For full context, feel free to go back and listen to part one. Well, I think we've come to the point where there's going to be a slight twist that I think I'm pretty excited for, uh, where if Neil's up for it, I think we're going to turn the tables a little and have him ask Mikey and me a few questions. Well, I do have some questions. Um, yeah. And the first is just a very basic, people know you, you know, on the books, you guys are Phil and Michael, but I mean, please, those are Poppy and Looch. Who are we kidding here? And I want to know, what are the origins of the names Poppy and Looch? We'll start with Poppy, if that's okay with Looch. Or Michael, Michael. <laughs> no last names. My, way, Michael. Is pop, story, pop story is solid. Mine is very boring. So no, let's, 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 um, let's start with Looch then, and we'll work our way up. So I have a, I have, I have a real story and a story that I tell people when, like, and a more interesting story. Like I zhuzhed, up, I zhuzhed it up a little bit. Give us the zhuzhed and then tell us, give us the, you know, the true life story. Okay. So I'll give you the zhuzhed version. Um, so um, I was on a safari in Africa. That's got to be false. That's, already, mean, that's massive zhuzh right off the bat, right? This is the zhuzh. What's okay. going on? It's a strong zhuzh right out of the gate. <laughs> that was <laughs> even subtle zhuzh. I've never been there. in Africa. Africa. My I've never been there. So, so I was so I was in I was in Africa. We were just on a safari. It was amazing. We saw giraffes and elephants and lions. Then we get up to this part with the monkeys, and the monkeys point at our caravan and they go, "Looch, looch, looch, looch." And my dad thought that was hysterical. So from then on, I was, I've just always been looch. So that was at the Bronx Zoo, right? Uh, so the, the, I'll say the judge, it's a little more than a judge. There, a there's one point that's accurate in that is that my dad thought something was funny. So, so he ran. So give us the real version. All right. So my dad had a, had a patient named Mick Looch. And the guy said, just call me. Is that Mike. a last name like McLovin or no, is that a full first, name? It was his first name. He was European. Um, and, uh, my dad and the guy said, just call me Michael. And since my name's Michael, my dad thought that was very funny. So he started calling me Mick Luch, and then that just got shortened to Luch. I don't know that the zhuzh is necessary. The fact that you're named after a European dude named McLuch is, is <laughs> satisfying like enough for me. I don't know. Yeah. I think people tend to respond better to the, to the at least the noises that I make as the monkey. Mm. Can we bring back the muk? Or is it like two guys? Some, like some people do that. Some people do that. I think the Mick, it's, it's, imagine getting like an invitation, McClooch, it sounds so dignified. You you're sound like a monk. nobleman. I'm, 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 I respond to it. So if you, if you want to go, good. I'm there. Poppy, I assume your name did not emerge from a trip to Africa, but who knows? Inform yeah, us, no. please. Um, do you want the judged version first as well? Yeah, let's, let's judge. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of my stories, it starts when, um, I was waking up in bed uh, next to Thandie Newton, and she no. Um, is it is it Thandie? I think it's Tandy. I think it's it Tandy too. I gave it away is. that it was judged. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, no, my story. I I don't think it's much, but it usually gets a decent reaction, oftentimes from uh, 
Yeah. Um, wow. I, was, I know you say wild. When I was born, uh, I had a brother who was two, uh, James, who hopefully will be a future guest on the show. And he could not pronounce my proper name, Philip. And he would say Phil Pop, um, which was then shortened to Pop and then Poppy. Um, but most people go with Pop because I think, you know, most people just drill down names to a monosyllabic uh, form, which I guess, Neil, you've never had to worry about. I must say, I'm pretty jealous of the name. I don't like pronouncing Philip. I think it's hard. You like kind of swallow the second syllable if you're not saying it like you're in the crown, like Philip. But that's a personal gripe that my parents are well aware of. Um, and sometimes I say Phil and I still get Bill or Will. And I'm not saying I have perfect enunciation, but I don't think it's like terrible. I mean, I host a friggin' podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have James to thank for that. And uh, it's followed me pretty far. Poppy has become a pretty popular uh, women's name in England lately. That's been a bit of a bummer, but you know, I think I, I, think I make it work. What does Thandie Newton call you? <laughs> yeah, uh, back to uh, Tandy, I think is what we agreed on. Um, she doesn't call me anything anymore. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. Um, and again, you know, you know what you did, last name. you know what you did. Yeah, it's fine. You've been pardoned. You're pardoned today. But <laughs> see, I think I think Michael and Philip are good because you guys could dress the name down. You're like, you know what? Just grab my keys, throw on a pair of jeans, and I'm going to be Mike or Phil today. Neil I, is its own thing. Actually, when I was a camper, when I was a counselor, one of my campers thought that Neil had to be short for something that cannot be a full name. And so he would call me Neilium, like William. And then Neil would just be you know, the shortened version. So hmm. while I understand your name envy, it cuts both ways. I know my brother was your camper. So was it my brother who did that? It was not Johnny. <laughs> Again, it could be any Johnny because we keep the, the last names anonymous, less, you know, less uh, intelligence officials are listening to this podcast. We don't want to but, um, talk to anyone. First name, Matthew. Okay, and very clear, which I think we're both pretty aware at that. No, it was not that one. It, last name starts with an L, and I can't go beyond the first initial. Um, wow. I don't even know uh, how I feel I, about that. Now, now I know who it is also. But yeah, all right. Um, what? Our guest, Neil, is currently the host of this show. So as a good guest, I'm just waiting for the next prompt <laughs> oh the next thing i was curious about not that easy hosting is it <laughs> i want some i want some insight into the theme music change because i've been a listener since episode four we all know that episodes one through three are lost to history there are some great mysteries in yeah united states history you know who was really behind the shooting of jfk um <laughs> you know where is uh where is Shelley Miscavige of Scientology? And what happened to the first three episodes of Chill with Phil? We'll never know. But I thought I might, with your guys' help, get some insight into the theme music change. Because episode four, I tuned in and right off the bat, I felt like I was, I felt like I was on MDMA at a party in Ibiza. And then episode five. In a good way or a bad right way? In, first of all, I apologize. It might've been Ibiza. I think I should have been Ibiza, but in a good way, it got me sort of in a zone. And then episode five, I tune in and we have the current situation 
shout out to Isaac, the music's great, but it's, you know, we're going from like a party in Ibiza to this lullaby kind of situation with the pterodactyl swooping in at the end. And I was just hoping for some insight on that. Can you guys help with that? Yeah. Um, I'll let Mikey speak to uh, episode four's music in a second, because boy, are you in for a fun surprise. But, uh, you know, when you're hastily putting together a podcast for a pseudo prank, um, a prank, you know, a full prank, whole prank. All right. some a vague prank. Um, some corners have to be cut and I wanted it to sound legit. And, you know, people have some free time on their hands during this pandemic. So we went as all out as we could. And I asked Mikey to throw something together. So yeah, episode four's music is actually by our very own co-host, Mikey Slash. I did, I did rush it a little bit. Yeah. I'll say that. I had to rush it because I was playing tennis that day. And but oh, that wasn't, I thought maybe that was the day you were on safari in Africa. I think I had just gotten back and then I threw that together. What was your favorite animal on the safari? On the safari? Um, just the friggin', so... Here's the thing. I'm a, I've always been a big Ace Ventura fan. So when I saw the hippo, I, when I saw the rhino, I was like, oh boy, here it comes. And I thought he was gonna, you know, come out of the rhino's butt, but didn't happen. So I was pretty disappointed with that. So then I'll say hippo. You know, hippo. And so how did we then, so why did we ditch the Ibiza music? Yeah. Um, so that was an exact decision uh, I made pretty unilaterally, uh, you know, early on in a company, leadership needs to take charge. And uh, that's what wasn't I wasn't even told. So yeah, I wasn't even told. Well, we, we put well, the music it's in. It's a sign of a good partnership. I think it's always, it's always acting unilaterally. I think that's the first <laughs> principle. Um, I put it in in post. So yeah, Mikey found out when or if he listened. But uh, no, I realized uh, once, once we went from prank to, well, prank on Mikey, uh, you know, we wanted it to be a chill podcast, uh, hence the name Chill with Phil. And while Mikey's music was great for like, I think, a tech interview podcast of sorts, given that the podcast theme was us just talking to old friends and kind of shooting the shit. Um, I had Isaac, my youngest brother, also goes by Drop Bear, check him out on Spotify, um, put together this like really cool vibe. And at the end, he had like this little beach uh, pterodactyl going, the seagull. Very low seagull, as they call them these days. <laughs> and I was like, Isaac, crank that shit up to 11. I want people to be calm and then like, whoa, and then like calm again. Because It's a great little flourish. I'm guessing you guys tried to license music from the shake or the silver spoons, but John was keeping the fees way too high. Yeah. Um, you know, we considered some of John's music. Uh, but I just don't know if it fit with the vibe so much, you know? There's was more like getting drunk at a raucous bar on a Saturday night. It's crazy that you're pigeonholing them to that. I got layers, dog. All right, you want the real story, Neil? I wanted Devil Side. John <laughs> refused the it. licensed songs he didn't write. And so we had to go our separate way. I'm glad he was still willing to come on as a guest and he was a great guest. Well, you know what? The music you landed on, it's working for you. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys was the anonymity. I mean, I'm used to it now and I love it, the first name only, but for a while there, I really did feel like I was watching one of those Navy SEAL docs about catching like OBL. You know, I thought that like when you were asking Benji about seeing a cadaver dong, he was gonna be like, when we first approached the dong. 
we had to answer to yes this was in fact human genitalia i was waiting for the voice alteration it's like why can't people use their last name nobody wants to be found on this podcast are people not proud of their appearances this is one of my proudest moments it's just in case someone says anything a little spicy we try and you know not not have them canceled because you know they're after us i gotta say i hadn't thought about it much and you know it's not super consequential maybe it hurts our seo a little i'd let mikey the specialist speak to that but once you you mentioned this in the pre-show and it, i have been thinking about it and i think it speaks to something a little weirder and as my intro stated you've given thought to identities on the internet and whatnot i don't know we've had people not come on because like they think it's just like potentially a risk to do anything that like is recorded see i take the opposite approach. i mean i've been I told my publicist, because, you know, we're getting calls from Howard Stern, 60 Minutes, Joe Rogan's been bothering me for months. And I said, I want you to make crystal clear to these people, I will not talk to anyone, not anyone, until I chill with Phil. I will not talk to anyone. And you're telling me there are holdouts out there. Well, 2020 has been a weird year. People aren't thinking we straight. We, 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 we do always appreciate that, though. Yeah, I yeah, I guess I can't blame people. You know, you got to go back and delete your old tweets, uh, scrub Pornhub videos that you may be a part of, and it's all in the name of what, right? In the name know. of what? Well, those were those were most of my questions. I, you know, I was genuinely curious, and I should say, Benji, Benji talking about cadaver dongs was definitely, uh, I think, one of the show's many many highlights. Just because he talks so sincerely about it, it was. <laughs> Oh, it was funny. That that was a great moment. He did not break uh, professionalism. I was impressed. Thank you for letting Phil and and Luch, Thank you for letting me take the wheel of CWP for just those few brief moments. It was a thrill. Let me tell you, it drives incredibly well. <laughs> I think he did a fantastic job, and I'm glad we got a new section in there. And uh, yeah, well, we're launching right into the second round of. Uh, actually, no. Now we have. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it um oh so, yeah eh, language it's the holidays as mentioned uh neil works currently for uh stephen colbert and his uh his show on cbs was named stephen stephen which i to do my research watched his interview with uh one george clooney from a few days ago and george clooney is the coolest guy in the world i mean i thought like i kind of got his vibe but this past month of interviews He's absurd. Anyway, would love to hear kind of what that's been like for you, Neil, and your thoughts on the interviews that have happened in general, the long hair on the hosts, the casual clothing. You know, is it here to stay? Do you like it? I think, first of all, you got to be grateful if you are employed during the pandemic and if you can do your job remotely so you don't have to hop on a subway or be in contact with other people which is the case for me. So it's awesome that we're able to do this with, you know, 100 to 150 people sitting in their homes everywhere from South Carolina to overseas. And we're putting together this show. It's pretty incredible. My take on late night in general during the pandemic is, I think it's gotten a lot better. At the beginning, I remember watching Saturday Night Live and the one that Tom Hanks hosted. I think it may have been the first remote one. And I thought, this is so, this is not funny at all, but I watched it start to finish and I appreciated the effort that went into it. 
And that was kind of my take on these late night shows at the beginning. <clears throat> Were they great? No, they weren't great, but you have people busting their butts to put up, <laughs> trying to keep this family friendly. Really appreciate you know, it. no, you have people busting their asses to put on these shows to entertain people at a really difficult time. You know, are they as funny as they would be ordinarily? Probably not. Is it as exciting to watch people talk over Zoom as it is to watch a George Clooney walk out on the stage of the Ed Sullivan Theater in front of 400 people? Clearly not, but there is something admirable to me about the effort and persisting through really crappy circumstances to try to give people a little escape. Um, and as far as the process, you know, if you go to one of these shows or even if you just go to the theater and see a great show or if you go to a concert and see live music, if it's good, it really like gets into your blood and you feel it and it's a rush and it's exciting. And so you don't have that same experience working remotely because all the coworkers who I, who I work with who are really smart and funny and great people, like you're just not with them in person. So it's not as fun, but the process is still rewarding. You get to come up with interesting areas for Colbert and the guests to talk about. And in some ways it could be more intimate because people are at home and there's less artifice. And sometimes you'll interact with guests in a way that you wouldn't if you were in person with an army of people around them, like a publicist and an agent and a hair and makeup person and another publicist. So I don't think if Shaquille O'Neal, who was on the show in the spring, were on under ordinary circumstances, he would have FaceTimed me in his underwear as he did in the spring, which was like crazy. I'm like getting a FaceTime from Shaquille O'Neal and he's calling me my guy from Jersey because my 201 number comes up. That's not happening when you walk into a green room. What's up, my guy from Jersey? I was like, put on some clothes. You're making your Colbert debut. I mean, that's awesome. And that's an experience that I probably wouldn't have happened if not for the pandemic. So all this is my extremely long-winded way of saying we all wish we were in the theater, but you know, got to be grateful and things are still pretty good, all things considered. Mike, have you watched much like late night during the pandemic? Um, depends. Like, yeah, there are times where I see a guest on that I'm that I'm I like to hear from, so I'll throw it on. But it has been much rarer than when it's live. Interesting. I the only time I use sped up viewing, which Mikey's a huge fan of, he's actually president of the fan club, um, is for late night segments. And I don't know. I I, I really enjoyed the change. Um, I think it gave a lot of these guys permission to be even weirder, which I think some of them are pretty weird to start in like a refreshing way. Um, I don't know. I think in particular Seth Meyers and Colbert, I've really enjoyed just like them kind of almost embracing like how absurd every part of it is. But You also get a peek into the personal lives of these hosts a little more. So Colbert's wife is on the camera a lot. His daughter was doing his hair and makeup his sons were basically our PAs on set, which was really <laughs> cool to see. I know Fallon was broadcasting out of the Hamptons for a while. So we got to get a segment where he walked through whichever Hampton he's in with his wife and they were talking. So you got to learn about them and their relationship a little bit, which was cool. And then you get to see absurdist stuff, which wouldn't necessarily happen. Like Borat went on Kimmel and Kimmel was like shaking his hand from 10 feet away with these prosthetic hands. It was hilarious yeah. and just incredibly right. weird, like you were saying. So, I don't know. Like weird, better than stuff. 
I well, it'll be interesting. Will be to see the next chapter of Late Night once the president is out of office, because whether you're a fan of Late Night or not, you probably know it has been so politics-oriented the past four years. And what will happen when the person who hosts have been talking about for four years isn't, and who has gobbled up all other areas of pop culture when he's not in that position anymore? What are the hosts going to talk about? And I don't mean they're going to have nothing to talk about. Late night's going to suck. I think it'll be fascinating to see, and it'll be really funny. But I'm curious to see what will be the next iteration of this form. Yeah, and you know, strategically, that's not something Chill with Phil will have to think about because we've been apolitical since day one. So there you go. Who's laughing now? bear no um i agree um, it is weird that you guys keep using the host's last names i'll just say that well i think public figures were okay with Ooh, that's where you're wrong poppy's playing fast and loose because he's been pardoned earlier in the pod i mean <laughs> yeah, exactly that's exactly what's happening and it shows that applies did to he call did he right? call steven steve <laughs> there's a word for that in our culture it's called chutzpah there's four people who call him that one of his brothers tom hanks Tom Brokaw, I think you might have to be named Tom what is that to a, do it. And there's one other person, I think Jake Gyllenhaal called him Steve. Is that actually a thing? Like he does not go by Steve at all? He does not care for the name Steve, but oh, there wow. are a couple of people, okay. Tom Hanks, who could call anyone anything and it would sound wholesome <laughs> and delightful. Probably calls him Steve Arino or something, you know, Tom Hanksy, folksy and like Forrest Gumpy. But I think Tom Hanks uh, does take credit for calling Conan Coco. Does he? Yeah. Wow. Another legendary late night host.